0: Welcome to a brand new Corn Nation post-game overreaction. My name is Greg Mahochko. John Dam Johnston is here, as well as Nate McHugh. We're here to talk about the exciting win, 90-73, to Nebraska ball over South Dakota State. Nate, as one half of the Of Bangarangs and Daggers podcast, I'm kidding, folks. Uh, I can't wait for for Nate and Patrick and and possibly even Kevin to break that one down uh, as Fred Hoiberg got his first win uh, as head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. No, instead we're here to talk about uh, the loss that Nebraska just suffered uh, here earlier this afternoon to Wisconsin. Final score 37-21. Is it – look, we joked about this. In fact, I got immediate hell from uh, you and – and Haas, John, uh, in, in when we were doing our predictions, I said something like a 42-21 prediction. And you're like, no, you better homer it up. So then I, I flipped it. Um, is it. Is it upsetting that I'm not as, like, upset about this? Be, based on, I, I know, obviously, we're, we're on, what? What?
1: Why do you need affirmation all the time?
0: Oh, be, because I've been uh, shit on and kicked kicked around my entire life and so sometimes i just need a little pick me up great no Greg. no no no
1: i let me finish my Greg. point I, Greg. what Greg? what i love you i love you too and and what do you want from me i love you i love <laughs> you the fact that you're with us i love you're <laughs> no. part of the team no no you're, you're it's okay just go on no let you're a great man you <laughs> have a beautiful voice <laughs> You have gorgeous wife and gorgeous kids. What the fuck else do you want in your life?
0: I, 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 I want to get my damn point across.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right,
0: stop that. So Nebraska lost 37-21, and yet I still come away uh, with it with some a, a lot of positives. Yeah, it was a 16-point loss, but I feel like it could have been a lot worse. And I felt like – I mean, we, we got over – like what, five hundred something yards of offense on a team that's you know pretty stout defensively. Traditionally, uh, we did pretty not not great, but the first half certainly better than the second half on third down. There's a lot of positives to come away f- uh, from this game, rather than just oh, we lost by two scores to Wisconsin. I it I I felt good about this, and and I don't you know you're not supposed to feel good about a loss, but I feel like we can take some of this momentum. I think there is positive momentum to be had and push it forward. Uh, Nate, I'm going to let you go first.
2: Okay. Um, my thought initially is that I think you can be disappointed in the loss and some of the you know because of some of the same mistakes, you know, not finishing drives, issues with tackling, and all that. But you can still kind of walk away encouraged. You know, at the I think progress that's been made. I, you know, obviously they're not a Nebraska isn't going to be winning the division this year. You know, so it's 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 okay in my opinion to reset your expectations from game to game, uh, especially when what we're now four and six. And so I expected us to lose by twenty eight. That was my pick. Um, we easily could have. We also easily could have probably. You know. Get, kept it a closer game. But, uh, you know, I think that we have a chance to win the next two games. If we come out and play, you know, I would say inspired like that. I'm not saying we will win, but we have a chance.
0: Well, I want to quote, it was something that, uh, in one of the legs of the tripod, uh, of the five heart podcast, Hoss Reuter mentioned to, in the Slack chat room. Uh, and he was commenting on Husker Mike. Of course you can follow Husker Mike. One of the, uh, very first contributors of coronation at Husker underscore Mike on Twitter. But he says uh, Mike said about a half hour ago uh, you know, from this recording he said disappointed. Absolutely. But if Nebraska gives that same effort, the next two weeks, they will play in a bowl game. I don't, I, I don't think that there's any, anything wrong with that. I mean, Maryland and then Iowa, you go on the road at Maryland and then home against Iowa. But John, uh, I, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, you know, in depth here, but I do do think that there were, there was plenty to take. And John, I love you because you're the ultimate uh, perennial optimist, and you're bringing hope every week on Twitter at Coronation. Everybody, who, if you're not following already, I mean, hell, you probably found out about this podcast from you know at Coronation on Twitter. But John, the eternal optimist, what was your biggest takeaway from this game?
1: Well, there was two big plays that cost us this game. Number one is a kickoff return. That's obvious. And number two is the the interception. You blame that on our, uh, on Martinez or you blame it on fate. Maybe fate still plays a big role in this. But there was two big players in this game that turned the tide of the game. For Nebraska, otherwise I thought we played pretty well against a very good Wisconsin team. You know, I mean – I've said this since the beginning of the season pretty much. We're not a very good football team. And when you're not, if you're still out there listening to us and you're thinking that, again, surprise, we're going to be a great football team. We're not. We're trying to be a good football team. and, And we played pretty well today. We just didn't win. You know, is it disappointing? Yeah, I drink too much. And I wasn't going to drink it all before today and then football started.
0: <laughs> Let, let's talk about one of the bigger headlines from today. Uh, and that was something we found out before the game. Wandale Robinson did not play, did not uh, arrive with the team, met the team at the at the stadium. And while he was missed, don't get me wrong, dynamic playmaker, true freshman, I think his absence really allowed Dedrick Mills to shine. Uh, we got it almost 200, if, if not, you know, right around that 200 yard uh, performance from Dedrick Mills. I don't think we would have had that otherwise. If anything, again, especially against Wisconsin, Mills showed, I think, himself, his coaching staff, the fan base, that he's a player. And I think that that earned him majority of the snaps go for because we, we one of the reasons that robinson's been banged up is because they had him i think doing too much so mills i think proved that he can carry the load he did it against one of the best defenses in the country
2: well i i think it starts actually you know M- mills played really well but he had some huge holes and i think a lot of it was the the uh improvement of the offensive line and also the uh the uh, blocking from the wide receivers. And so you can give him, you know, give him credit for the, you know, those guys credit for that. But yeah, Mills is breaking tackles, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Jonathan Taylor breaks every time, every tackle that whenever we go high on him, you know, it's kind of nice to see that we have someone who can do that too from time to time. But I, I sure hope that if Lawndale gets healthy, that, they can play him where they want to play him, and that's that wide receiver. And that they see that Dedrick Mills and maybe a little bit of Wyatt Missouri. You know, people are questioning about whether he should have got those, you know, those two, uh, those two uh, targets at the end. But uh, you know, it, it, I I think the offense is getting a lot better. So I think it, you know that has a lot to do. You give credit to I think all around to everyone, and so that's a reason to walk away. You know, feeling a little bit better.
0: And there was mentioned, uh, you know, among other lineup changes, but Brock Bando was in there at at certain, t- if, if not getting the start, but certainly at certain times on the offensive line. Uh, and and this is something, you know, I can't wait to go in a little bit more detail with Haas uh, on on the Five Heart Podcast this week. But it was, I guess, it was refreshing to see Scott Frost, Greg Austin, make some of those changes. Uh, you know, not just rely on on the uh, old. Uh, old standbys or, or whatever you know he, making some adjustments uh, and as you mentioned nate they did uh, kind of show off a little bit of improvement there
2: well i hope so i mean that's all we got all we can really hang our hat on now is improvement and hopefully we've improved enough that over the next few games we can win them both uh because we're not going to hang our hat on division title this year so we you know People, we're, we're already kind of playing for next year. We're re- registering a bunch of guys that could help. And so, all I mean, all, all we can really hang our head on it, or hope for is seeing improvement continually for the rest of the year.
1: All right. Uh, you know what? The uh, I'm checking the website. The game book isn't up yet. And just for you guys that don't know, that aren't part of the media, that listen to our podcast, what a game book is this. Just so you understand, a game book is the official record of the game that comes from the media. You know, basically, they have a guy who records the game, and there are the official task takers. If you're sitting in Nebraska's press box, what you hear over the loudspeakers is this constant, you know, uh, Brock Bando. Okay, that's not the right guy. Uh, let's say... Will Honus on the tackle, gain of eight yards. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting in the press box, that's what you hear over the loudspeakers. And then when you get the game book after the game, what it is is it's an official record of the game. And it shows you all the breakdown of the plays, everybody who participated, official stats, and everything like that. And why I'm telling you is this. Literally, the media, the guys that are in the media, they, I, do they, I don't mean to be really rude to them, but I'm going to be really rude to them. Do they work? Do they literally (laughs) do any work at all? Everything they have is fucking handed to them.
0: So it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to go back, turn the clock back uh, 17 years when I was in broadcasting school. And uh, I, I took, you know, I was one of a handful of, you know, it was just basic radio stuff, like go on and learn how to read news and things like that. But I took the play-by-play course, uh, and of course, that's how I broke into radio. But, uh, you know, I I, I remember the, the instructor of this course, he was, at the time, the play-by-play announcer for University of Missouri-St. Louis, uh, whatever they are. You know, I don't know what their mascot is or whatever, but... He said, hey, you guys have a free ticket, so to speak, uh, to come to any of these home games. Bring a tape recorder and your microphone or, you know, the school supplied microphone or whatever. You know, bring the equipment and sit there and, you know, record your game. Come back to class. We'll, you know, critique it things like that. So I'm sitting up there. You know, I went over there a few times. Uh, and I at the end of every, you know, 10 minutes or, or half break or whatever, you know, or halftime, they're bringing me stat sheets. And so I don't have to think nearly as much. And and I mentioned that to him. He said, "Yeah, don't get used to that. You're not going to find that in high school. (laughs) When you start out doing high school sports, nobody's going to bring you stats. Uh, Everything's you know you're going to have to you know make notes and and keep track of things like you would." So, uh, but you're right, John. It's the amount of information that's spoon fed, especially at this at this level. uh, It's it's incredible.
1: Okay, and the reason why I'm telling you this as part of the post-game reaction is this. Uh, Number one, I'm not nearly drunk enough to scream. Number two, it's early in the day. Number three, there's been a trend lately that I am finding more irritating that's going on with media. And that's why they're pointing out every fucking negative thing they can about this team. Maybe I'm sitting on Twitter too long, which is a very negative platform. But all of a sudden, what we're seeing is this constant, oh, this team's is sucked. Oh, this team has done this bad for the last five years. Listen, we we know they're not a great football team. And again, I'm going to repeat this. I'm sorry for being redundant, but they're not a very good team that's trying to get better. And all we hope for this team this year is a bowl game. All right.
0: No argument I there.
1: think one of the problems that we're having right now with Nebraska's relationship with its football team is the fact that Mike Riley, when he was a coach, spoon-fed this fucking Nebraska media everything they wanted to know, everything about this team. And right now what we're seeing in the media versus Scott Frost is that Scott Frost is not just coughing up every goddamn thing possible. He's not talking about injuries. He's not talking about who's going to play next week. He's not giving them, a, a hi, here's a little platter of morsels. So you don't actually have to fucking do your job and maybe actually earn a living at what you do. And that's why we're seeing a lot of pissed off people in the media being negative. By the, the way. Maybe I'm pointing to just a few of them. Let's go back to, Greg, this is where you draw me back to the game. I was, I was I'm get, going uh, off on a rail.
0: I was going to say. By the way, you're on speakerphone with uh, both uh, on my side and Nate's, and our
1: children just heard all of your language. No, I'm kidding. Uh. Well, and they should hear it from their <laughs> own fathers. You should teach your children how to swear. You shouldn't leave it to me. No,
2: I, John. They hear it at school, John. Back
1: to the game. Back to the game. I yeah. think Nebraska played pretty well, but they just played a better Wisconsin team. I think we actually defended Jonathan Taylor pretty well. Certainly better than we have historically. Yeah. And, but we, again, we turned the ball over. We didn't play clean. We just lost. That's it. It, it was, um,
0: i I'll tell you what the, and this is going to be, uh, Captain Obvious talking here, but w- between the second and third quarters, when they scored 24 unanswered points, that, that was crucial, um. You know, I think the people are going to forget if they haven't already that you know, Nebraska had a couple of leads in this game. They they scored first, it didn't last long, I'll I'll give you that. But then they you know, they battled back, and you know, a few minutes into the second quarter, they were up 14 10. And then we kind of got some silence from uh, the offense, and not that the defense, I'll, I'll say this. I I kept thinking, wow, if the defense can just hold them to field goals all day long while we're scoring touchdowns, that's going to be successful. And it, of course, didn't happen that way. Um, But I I still, again, go back to what I said at the top of the show. I take away some positives. Um, Matt Millen was highly impressed, as was I, with Adrian Martinez. I thought he looked as sharp as he's looked all season, uh, decisive, and... You know, when, when he was – there were some times late in the game where he was, you know, running uh, horizontally to try to extend a play. Uh, but early on, like back that first half, he was getting upfield, and he was making decisions, he was sticking to them, and, you know, just m- moving the ball vertically. And and that's, you know, that, that's all we can ask for. Had, had, had some nice throws today. Uh, Spielman stole uh, Noah. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys got involved in the receiving game. I just want to see more. I want to see more of that, and I want to see some better tackling.
2: Well, um, I kind of want. Can I go back and say something about the media, real quick? Yeah. Okay. You can say whatever you want. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, because I've wanted to say this, and and I didn't. I'm not very good at interrupting people, but so my viewpoint on the media. Is they want it both ways, they want to go on the radio, and then they want to go, and then they want to have podcasts, and they want to be you know uh, tweeting out film clips and showing like they're experts, you know, because that's that's what they put themselves out to be, okay. And then and then when they you know supposedly you know, bumped up our you know expectations for the season. They then get very defensive, and they come back and they say, oh, no, no, no. All we can report is what we are told by the coaching staff. And we we're only allowed to see the first 30 minutes of you know, a couple practices here and there. And so all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, no, we're not the experts. All we can do is report because then they'll say, no, no, we're just reporters, you know, and right. then they, then they go back on the radio, and then they go back on Twitter, and they go back on their podcasts, and they start acting like experts again because they don't have to deal with it. So, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say that part. I just wanted to get off my chest. But um,
0: no, no, that's a good point. That's, they, that's what this is for. They, they, you're exactly right, though. They are they're trying to play both sides. You know, like, they they want to have opinions, and then as soon as someone you know gets a little critical of those people, well, i I'm, I'm not the expert. I'm just you know, it, it's – they're trying to play uh, – you know, pu- talk out of both sides of their mouth is the cliche I'm I think what
1: forward. bugs me most about this is this. I'm an asshole.
0: I no, think everybody
1: not. that recognizes that when they listen to a podcast or listen to me like do radio bits or even writing, I'm an asshole. I have strong opinions and – when you have strong opinions, you better be ready for some feedback that isn't necessarily the best ever. All right. What bothers me about some of the media people that we have in Nebraska is suddenly they're getting really bad feedback and they don't know how to deal with it that well. Maybe they're younger guys, but either, either fucking have strong opinions. Or get the fuck out of the business. Go do marketing or something. You know, if you if you can't if you're bitching about your own fan base, bitching about your writing, you're you're not in the right place in your world. And again, we should go back to the game. All right, (laughs) we sidetracked. I'm just I sit on Twitter now, and I'm just I get really frustrated with our media guys. And I, you know, most of these guys are really good guys and they're really good guys to be around. But I, I guess I'm done being nice to them. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe again, I'm an asshole. But go back to the game. Um, you know, I think we played well. We didn't play well enough to win, obviously. Jonathan Taylor. We held him. But oh, my God, he's a beast. Yeah. He, he
2: is, but I mean, I, why do our defensive backs continue, even if it's not Jonathan Taylor? They they seem to think the best way to tackle in the open field is turning their head and just throwing their shoulder into somebody. John, I mean, when they do that to Jonathan Taylor, you know, he just like brushes him off and just keeps on running. He, he's probably one of the strongest running backs that I've probably ever watched. I mean, he you can't get him down you know with like one guy unless you get him his feet wrapped but i don't know why the defensive backs continue to think "Oh, all i have to do is throw my shoulder in there and it's good enough so yeah we, we held him you know what it's like three games in a row to 200 rushing yards yep. you know I, I hope he goes to the nfl <laughs> so that's all i got <laughs> uh
0: let, let's get a few notes uh we mentioned uh Dedrick Mills at seventeen rushes for 188 yards, which is a career high, um, and it's the most that he's had in three years. Uh, when you know what? What?
1: L- what? Wait, what was that?
0: Mills rushed 17 times for a career. Oh high. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's the most that he's. You know, obviously, the previous high was 169 yards uh, when he played for Georgia Tech in 2016 uh but it's interesting to note that he and Ohio State's J.K. Dobbins are the only two running backs to uh, run for 100 yards against Wisconsin this year. Um, and Dobbins only had 163, so plus one to Nebraska. Adrian Martinez had 309 yards of total offense. Uh, he has uh, for career total yardage, 54,46 or 5,446. That's eighth in school history. Uh, Ch-ch-ch- Spielman caught, uh, four passes for 71 yards and a touchdown, extending his streak of consecutive games with a reception to 31, which is the fifth longest in school history. Uh, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch- seeing if there's anything else of note, uh, reading
1: through the game notes, huh? Yeah. Oh, you mean those things that they feed the fucking people? <laughs> <laughs> those things?
0: Yeah. These things.
1: Yeah. I'm don't trying.
0: Think. I'm trying to bring the positive, John. I'm trying to bring bring the positive. Uh, okay. But but they didn't feed it to me. I had to go on the website and find it. So.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I get those press releases. So. All right.
0: I don't. So. Thank you. <coughs> uh, Muhammad Barry had 12 tackles in the game, and uh, he's in the top 20 on Nebraska career tackles. Which honestly, I thought he would have been there a lot sooner. Um, so.
2: You know, without looking at the tape, I thought, as far as tackling goes, I thought Muhammad Berry was probably one of the better ones on the field. Um, now, I like I said, I haven't watched the tape, but I mean, he he's, he got um, uh, Jonathan Taylor down a couple times by himself, so saved it. You know, saved a couple twenty-yard carries and kept him at five. So there Whatever. was.
0: Remember, was it a few weeks ago? It might not have even been a Nebraska or, or a college game, but I feel like there was uh, a call and maybe a rule change a few years ago where uh, you know they, they flow, throw a flag on a defender for unnecessary roughness in a tackle if they like pick them up and kind of suplex them. And I could have sworn yeah. that happened to one of like it might have been Martinez, but I thought it was one of our our players today, but they didn't throw a flag. Maybe they didn't get enough elevation. Feet didn't leave the ground high enough, but I thought I thought I saw in watching that, that that was one of those, like, oh, you could have thrown. Now, I'm not advocating for that. I, I think it's fun when a defender suplexes, you know, a, a grown it's
1: man. It's not. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? I anymore. Mean, no. Okay. <laughs> if you want – I mean, I know that people love those big plays, but if you want people to continue to have football, those plays have to go away.
0: That's fine. I'll just – you know, I, well, <laughs> Fine. I just won't. I, I won't get any suplexes because I don't watch wrestling. So you just watch wrestling. I don't want to watch wrestling, John. It's not entertaining for me anymore.
1: Watch MMA.
0: That's never been entertaining for me. <laughs> what else you got? Hockey. I will watch hockey. That's where they don't what? mind. They don't mind a little physicality in hockey. Eh.
1: Uh, okay. Wait, is there any more left?
0: No, I think we've spun the wheel enough. No, we haven't. Okay, John, go.
1: I want to bring up one more thing because Nate is here. Oh. Uh oh. Is
0: it basketball related?
1: Fuck, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you watch Friday night's game against South Dakota State? I did. No, I mean, I'm talking to listeners, not you. Oh, I mean, sorry. you. You know, the. the my. Did you. Did, Any of you people who listen to this podcast should have watched Nebraska's Friday night game against South Dakota State. My God, if this is what Nebraska basketball is going to look like, we're going to have like an entire just PBA-packed crowd having multiple orgasms all through games. I mean, it's just amazing. Is that Fred Hoiberg, Nate?
2: Uh, yeah, I think what we saw last night is what we should expect. Uh, as far as this program goes, I probably wouldn't expect us to shoot that well, um, for the rest of the season. I mean, not, you know, maybe every now and then, but the speed. Yeah. I think, well, you know, when you coach basketball and the ball goes through the hoop and the other team gets it out and two passes is a layup before you get down the floor. That is infuriating. But yet, Hoiberg, he's like, yeah, it's the best play of the night. Get it out of the hoop, two passes, layup. I mean, that, it's like two different types of you – know, it's like a different sport compared to ten, 10 miles as far as the speed of the game. And um, But yet, the ball goes in the hoop. We're going to look really, really good. But the first two games, the ball didn't go in the hoop. So, you know, it's fun to watch it when – you know, enjoy last night and then we'll see what happens, you know, going forward.
1: So what you're saying is Nebraska basketball at this point is like dealing with some bipolar alcoholic drug addict in your family who comes home every night. What you have to do is listen to how he stops the car in the driveway. (laughs) It's an indication.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: Can you tell I grew up with some problems in my family? Perhaps. Anyway, you listen to how the car stops in the driveway. If it just rolls to a stop and you go, oh, well, tonight's going to be an okay night. And then it goes, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm hiding in the bed. Oh, That's Nebraska basketball under Fred Hoiberg, is it not?
2: For today, or for, for this year, I think, I think uh, when he gets more of his players, I think it's going to be more of the slow... Driving up the driveway and parking and, you know, slow walk to the door type of deals. You know, try to use
1: your metaphor. So that people know who don't watch basketball and who happen to listen to a football podcast and be caught off guard by basketball. We have a 17-year-old French guy playing for us. He's 17 years old. He doesn't turn 18 until March.
0: That, I don't know I, how
1: this is legal or how it happens. Hold on. Perhaps I, I, he's majoring in uh, astrophysics and I, he got a full ride to the university because he's studying the Greenland ice sheets and how fast the runner the water is running out of them. I don't know how that happened. Nate?
2: <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure how to respond except for – I thought it was crazy they said last night that he – before this, he was going to an academy. It sounded like a clinic just for basketball in France. And that, to me, this that's just nuts. But, yeah, he's a 17-year-old. I think he's not going to be 18 until May or something. You know, and he looks like he's 22, 23. I want
0: to throw so, this out there in, in regards to uh, Ivan Gago. Yeah. I'm guessing. He theoretically might not turn 18 until after Nebraska's won its first March Madness tournament game. Just saying.
2: Oh, that's not happening this year.
0: You don't Come know on, that.
1: let's have hope, you <laughs> fucker.
0: You don't know that. They just put
2: 90 points Get up that, against man. South Come Dakota on, State University.
1: There.
2: Did you know I, I was at a basketball clinic about a month ago, and – um, Coach Henderson and Coach Hoyberg, the two coaches from last night, were you know both presenting at the same clinic, so I thought that was interesting to think about. That you know, who knows? Maybe uh, you know they don't let us record a lot of that stuff, but uh, is it, you know they knew they're going to play each other, but uh, yeah, I don't know. They just
0: well, maybe maybe Hoyberg's is pulling a Belichick and uh, you know filming some some
2: walkthroughs. Yeah, yeah. You know, gotta do whatever you gotta do to win, I guess. After
0: all, he did say he could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. That's right. And I hear that I'm reminded of that with every new episode of of Bang rings and Daggers. And I encourage you, the listener, to subscribe as well. Hey, one click of that subscribe button, and you get of Bang rings and Daggers. You get your coordination post game overreactions. You get the Five Heart Podcast, and you get John's post life crisis when he has time. In his hectic schedule, to pull somebody and talk to them about things. So, uh, John, if I try to end the show, are you going to interrupt me and say you want to talk about more? Or can we get the hell out of here? Let's get the hell out of here. Why do I got to be? It. You don't have to be so sad about it. I'm sad. Why are you sad? You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be. Remember the eternal optimist. You're like, let's. Do you want to stay on and talk just to talk after we stop recording?
1: I gotta get it.
2: Well, my wife just gave me a look and said, you better get off the phone now.
0: Bye, Nate. <laughs> Bye, Mrs. Dead. McHugh. And uh, we, right. we appreciate th- Tell her thank you uh, for us, for uh, letting letting us borrow you for a half hour or so. Oh, yeah. Make sure that she knows we appreciate her sacrifice.
2: I will let her know right away.
0: <laughs> and if if you don't tell her, then she's going to have to listen to the whole
2: podcast. Yeah, she, she actually probably will. Oh, there you go. All right.
0: Uh, thanks again, Mrs. McHugh and uh, Mrs. Johnston and my wife, who's not here with our son. So that that is great. Nice, quiet house. And we're done. Uh, that'll be, uh, again, this uh, Coronation post game Overreaction Wisconsin Edition. We'll see you back here next week after we talk about a win uh, against Maryland. Uh, for Nate McHugh, John Dam Johnston, myself, Greg Mahochko. See you later, everybody. Go Big Red.